This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. John chapter four, verse seven. This is what the Bible says. It says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food and the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew. I love that because I always feel like Jesus is being a little bit sarcastic, slight thug. You know what I mean? Like, hey, girl, if you knew. You know this. That's how I read in my Bible, okay? So, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? As did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks the water will be thirsty again. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. How many of you know some thirsty people? And you, you say, but hey, they need, they need that water. Just, you thirsty. Anybody? No. You sit next to them? All right, don't shut them out. Anyway, it says, if, 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 if you knew, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here. If you are taking notes, I want you to write down that word here. I believe that everyone has a here that they return to either on a daily or weekly or maybe monthly basis. Or regardless of how often there is a here that oftentimes we will return to because we get a little bit thirsty. So just, just write that down that term here. Give me this water. Just think about that. Give me this water. So I won't have to get thirsty and have to keep coming here. He told her, go and, and call your husband and come back. Which if you're like me at this point, you're like, where is this conversation going? You know, it's like, how, how, how are you? You ever talk to somebody and you think to yourself, where are you? How did you respond with that? I asked you for lunch. You're now talking about our children's names. Like this is, it's just, it's just, it's just random. It's like, it kind of feels like that, but I, I promise you it's not. It's, it makes good sense. She says, she goes, I have no husband. And then Jesus responds, in my opinion, it's kind of mean, okay? But you got to laugh at it. Because she says, I have no husband. And Jesus says, you're right. <laughs> How messed up is that? That's like asking like a disabled person or someone that can't do something to go do something. Like asking a short person like myself to reach something off the top shelf. Like, hey, can you get that for me? No, you're right. You know, it's just like, ah, what a, what a great reminder. Salt in the womb. Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> he goes, you're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is, I want to keep laughing. I'm going to not laugh. Okay. The fact is you've had five husbands and and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Verse 19, sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, 
Jesus replied, which on a side note, uh, Jesus is the only man uh, that is allowed to refer to a woman as woman. <laughs> Fellas, if you don't believe me, go on ahead and refer to a woman as woman, and I promise you, you will end up seeing Jesus really quick, okay? <laughs> and all the ladies said, but Jesus, it's all good. It's what he does. Okay, so woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship, worship what you do know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming. I love this. Yet a time is coming and has now come where the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. How great is that? For the time is coming. In fact, it's here right now where the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, imagine this moment. I, the one you're speaking of, I am he. Imagine a moment like that where you don't even realize you're in the presence of Jesus. I, the one that you've been looking for, the one that they've been predicting, that's me. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Verse 28, we're going to end it here. It says, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. What a, what a peculiar statement to throw in there and then then leaving her water jar she then went into the town and became this evangelist telling everyone come come meet somebody that knows everything and anything about me i believe that we're all going to leave this place my prayer my hope is experiencing jesus in such a way that not only is he going to do something in us, but he's going to start a work through us so that we'll be able to leave these streets and we'll be able to go to the local restaurants or pubs or, or, or clothing store, wherever you find yourself this afternoon and for the rest of your days, telling the people around you, come meet a man. Not Pastor Chad, not Pastor Chris, not Pastor Nate or anyone else like that, but come meet a man and his name is Jesus. There are a few steps have to take place before that happens. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want to preach to you a sermon titled, uh, I Don't Want It. I Don't Want It. Can we just open up in prayer? Is that okay? Father, we come before you right now. And we thank you for this church. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for every volunteer, every worship leader, everyone that has served at whatever capacity, oh God. But I pray in these next few moments, we would stay glued to your voice and your spirit because we don't want to leave this place the same way we walked in. In Jesus' name we say, amen. come on, shout out, amen. 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 I was thinking the other day that I love this concept of friends. Like, 
the concept, not the television show, although I do like the television show, and if you think that makes me any less of a man, um, we could talk out back after service, okay? Um, but I, I love this concept of friends. Why? Because I, I love friends. I, I love friends that know how to smile, like Pastor Chad. I love friends that know how to tell jokes. I love friends that know how to tell stories. Uh, I'm here traveling with one of my childhood friends. He's more like family. His name is Christian. He, he, he's my techie friend. I mean, we relate on a whole lot of levels, except when it comes to technology, he surpasses me, okay? If I have an issue with my iPhone, I can't delete a text, I can't update it, whatever, I go to him. Why? Because he, he, he's a techie friend. And what I love is having a variety of friends. There, there are different kinds of friends in our lives. Any, anyone agree with that? Like, you, you, you know that there are certain friends that they're, they're a good time. You want to have a good time? You're going to hang out with those friends. You, you want to go dancing? You're going to go hang out with those friends. You, you want to laugh and tell stories? You're, you're going to call up that friend. We all have our smart friends. You, you, you know the kind of friends, the, the kind of friends that when they talk, you just, you need a dictionary to be able to follow them. Like, they use three to four syllables per word and actually know what the word means and can use it properly. Like, like if you were on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, that would be your phone a friend's friend. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, I love those friends. But if we're going to be honest, my favorite kinds of friends are my honest friends. I love honesty. I, I, I really re respect honesty. For me, to, to show me you love me is to be honest with me. So if, if you want to be my friend and I'm going to be your friend, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the truth. If, you, if you're going to ask me a question, I'm going to respond. And my, my prayer is that my friends would respond the same way. I, just, I love the friends that will tell me like, ooh, Chris, that outfit, not working. I love that. Them colors don't match. Them jeans, too skinny, and you ain't that skinny. Like, I just, I, I, I love the honesty. We're in the middle of a conversation. Ooh, your breath stinks. Like, that's my favorite kind of friend because I, I, I respect the honesty. But how many of us know that somebody could be honest with you, but if they're not your friend, it's difficult to receive. It's difficult to receive because I don't know you. And because I don't know you, I'm not sure why you're telling me what you're telling me, which speaks to the spirit. See, if you meet a stranger, if a stranger walks up to you and says, ooh, your breath stinks, ooh, them jeans too tight, ooh, the outfit don't work, we're going to look at them and go, hater, even if they were trying to help us. Why? Because we don't know the spirit. Bible says that Jesus is looking, God is looking for those that will worship in spirit and in truth. The two go hand in hand, not spirit and laziness, not laziness and truth, not spirit and discontent, not, not lying and truth. It has to go hand in hand. If you want to be a believer, if you want to be in an impact on this city, we're serving through Zoe, then we want to make sure that you're the kind of believers, that kind of preachers, the kind of Christians, the kind of help that's always going to operate in spirit and truth. What, what spirit? Well, a godly spirit. 
a kingdom spirit, a, a Jesus spirit. And truth, well, the only truth that comes from the word of God, anything that's outside of this word, I would argue is not true. Why? Because this is the word of God. It is infallible. It is unchangeable. And there's nothing that can mess with it. No matter how long ago it was written, it is still relevant today. Why? The Bible says that it is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not speaking to this idea that it's never going to change. It's speaking to the idea that it never needs to change because this truth is so weighty and valuable, it works in all seasons. He says, I'm looking for those that will worship me in spirit and in truth. You know what he does? He approaches us in spirit and in truth. The reason why he does this is so that he could produce what it is that he wants to see. I love that he doesn't just approach this woman and he doesn't try to just approach her with a, with a mean spirit or a disrespectful spirit. He doesn't approach her with a lie. He doesn't say, oh, somebody had told me to come up and see you. He, he, he approaches her and he approaches her in the same way that he now wants her to live. Why? Because his approach and what Jesus knows and what God knows is that when he approaches us like this, if we could receive it, then we'll actually become it. So he approaches her and right away gets into one of the most intense conversations noted in the Bible. But I believe that the point of this conversation and this conversation is the same kind of conversation God is longing to have with us. So I want to start off by asking you, the very same question, essentially, Jesus was asking this woman. What is in your cup? What do you find yourself drinking? What have you been consuming? Because I promise you, whatever you put in is going to come out. If you take in bad, bad choices are what's going to come out of you. If you take in good, good choices is what's going to come out of you. Last night, I went out to dinner uh, with some friends and I had some bad sushi. There's nothing like bad sushi. You better believe that when I got back to my room, all that bad sushi that I took in. I got a picture. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Whatever you take in is going to come out. This is why Jesus right away approaches this woman and says, offer, he says, give me a drink. What, what do you have to offer me? And he, he stumps the woman, but really he's just trying to get after what the woman has been consuming because what he's saying is that there is a certain drink that you ought to be drinking. And when you drink this drink, you're going to be able to experience the life, the loving, the kind, the living, God-ordained, the life that you have been longing for. The issue is you have gone about it the wrong way you have been you have been taken from the wrong faucet you have been taken from the wrong spout you have been drawing from the wrong well I love your intentions but I just want to point you in the right direction because the truth is just because it's water doesn't mean that it's right Jesus very specifically says, I want to give you living water which means not all waters are created equally which means that there are different types of waters. There is pure water and impure water. There is clean waters and then you have murky waters. Then you have bitter waters. Just because it's water, it does not make it right. Can you imagine trying to brush your teeth with, with pool water? 
Next time you're thirsty, instead of going to 7-Eleven to buy yourself some Fiji, go on ahead to the beach and pull up some of that water and try consuming that. It won't work. Why? Because not all water is good for you. And what Jesus is saying, look, I love your heart. I love your intentions, but I want you to know that you have been consuming the wrong thing. And because you've been consuming the wrong thing, you've been putting out the wrong things and you have been living in the wrong spaces and you've been living in the wrong places. See, what I really believe that God wants to get after today is your intake. What have you been consuming? What have you been taking in? What have you been sipping on? Don't ask me what's in my cup. Jesus wants to ask what's in your cup. He says, well, what are you taking in? Because maybe the reason why you're, reason why you're reacting so bitter is because bitterness is what you're taking in. Maybe because, maybe because of you know, all this doubt that you've been listening to and you've been watching and the conversations of gossip that you've been paying attention to, it's the very reason why you're so angry. It's the very reason why you're so frustrated. It's the very reason why you're so negative. Maybe because you're adding some other things to this truth. I know you read the Bible, but you're also reading some other spiritual enlightening books, and I want you to know that that's not helping the situation. Do you know that when it comes to this living water, it doesn't need any added to it and anything you add to the living water doesn't enhance it in fact it decreases it it takes away from it the moment you try to add a bag of something to it the moment you add a bag of your culture that goes against what the word says but you really like you grew up with it the moment you try to add that to the truth the moment you try to add that to the word of God it now taints the whole thing he says, I don't need you to add what I'm giving you. What I want to give you is the truth. And the spirit of this truth is love. I want you to operate in everything it is that I have for you. Because if you take this in, then you will become the man that I've created you to be. Then you will become the woman that I've created you to be. But here's the truth. I can only lead you to the well. I can't make you drink it. So we're going to have some honest conversations. I, I, I love Chad and I love Julia. I love their hearts. Their hearts is to live in honesty. They, they, their hearts is to live as open books. I've, I've been with them in tough situations. I've, I've had the awkward conversations with them. I've seen them how to maneuver and I've seen them how to deal with some stuff. And what I love is that integrity and character and honoring God is number one on their list. And because it's number one on their list, I believe it's why we're here only 10, 10 months in. Three services in LA. Why? Because God is searching. He's looking, I, I need those kind of worshipers. I need the worshipers that are going to worship me in spirit and in truth, not ego and truth, not prove a point and truth. I, I want those that aren't just looking to be able to say that they're doing this and, and they're doing that and they're establishing this. No, no, I just want those that are going to be obedient. But see, when Jesus checks us on our diet, when he checks us on our intake it is not just enough to have the conversation. There are choices that have to follow. 
And what I love is that this woman immediately makes a decision. She goes, if you give this to me, I won't have to return here. Let's, let's say that this is the here. Let's say this area is the here that she keeps returning to. And she says, look, on a daily basis, I return here because I think that this here is going to quench my thirst. There are times that you are going to find yourself thirsty. There are times you're going to find yourself longing to be consumed. You're going you're gonna to look for that, for that itch to be met. So you think to yourself, if I just go back there, then maybe I will be helped. The issue is it seems like a good idea in the moment, but the fact is it does not satisfy long at all. I mean, it may fill your belly for a few hours, but the next morning you wake up regretting that you ate it. It may, it may meet the need in the second, but then the next morning you wake up completely convicted. Why did I look at that? Why did I have that conversation? Why did I go there? I, I was doing so good. Isn't it amazing when, when, when we find ourselves doing good, which I, I love that term, by the way, when we find ourselves doing good, we reward ourselves by doing the very thing that we know that we, we had to walk away from. God, I had not been in the club in about 11 months, but my birthday's coming up. <laughs> It's amazing how, how, how the one thing that he leads us from. Oh, you ain't know your pastor could drop it like that? Absolutely. It's amazing that the things that we have to walk away from, we will reward ourselves with. God has delivered you from certain hears. I don't know where your here is, but you know where your here is. You know how to identify your here. What's the here you return to when you're feeling lonely? What's the here that you go back to when you get tired, when you start to feel sorry for yourself, when you're looking to have a conversation? God, if you could give me this living water, I won't have to return here. Where is your here? Because that is the exact place that Jesus is trying to deliver you from. And what I love most about what I find so beautiful, and this will mess with some of your theology, is that Jesus doesn't meet her over there and then point out her here. He shows up at her here. It says, stop coming here. Stop coming to this place. Why? Because there's no location or space or place that Jesus is scared of. There's no space or place that, 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 that Jesus feels like he can't touch or he can't approach. There's no space like that. He will show up in any and every area. He says, I, I'm here to take you away from here because this is the here that's ruining you. Every time you go on that website, he's saying, I want to take you away from this here. Every time you go back to that place, he says, I want to take you away from this here. Every time you engage in that conversation, go back to that relationship. Call that guy or that girl that you hadn't spoken to in all these months, in all these weeks. Every time you go back here, if you just give this to me, then I won't have to return here. But then what she does next is, is oftentimes what a lot of us do when we're going through all the emotions of, of the very place that we need to be delivered from. She almost, well, she does, she, she minimizes what's actually happening. She says, you must be a prophet. She's talking to Jesus. <laughs> you must be a prophet. We do this all the time. When we hear something we don't like, we try to rationalize it. Like, oh, 
Of course they're going to bring that up. I mean, we're in church. That's just, that's just the pastor. That's just the preacher. That's just what the intelligent lighting and the awesome worship singers, that's what happens when I'm in that, that kind of atmosphere. But it's, it's not really that big of a deal. And here's what's scary is that God is trying to keep us from some heavy destruction, but we minimize it because we don't like what we hear. In other words, to refer to Jesus as a prophet is to minimize the encounter that she's actually happening like yeah he's a prophet but he's he's so much more than that he's he's actually the son of God yeah it's just a it's just you know a nice religious man yeah I guess you can call him a religious man but that's that's only a percentage of who he really is yeah that's just you know a good guy with some good fun facts no this isn't just some guy this isn't just some prophet this is prophecy fulfilled no this isn't just some preacher this is the son of God this isn't just some nice words this is the word in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word is God and he came in flesh and his name is Jesus. When Jesus approaches you, when Jesus challenges you on something, when Jesus points out something in your life, that's not the moment to minimize the word that you got. It's that word that's trying to keep you from making some other words and other choices and other decisions that you shouldn't be making. Oh God, if you would just give this to me, we wouldn't have to return here. Where is your here? Because as long as you operate here, you cannot be the kind of worshiper that he is searching for. I want those that will worship me in spirit, a willingness spirit, a sacrificial spirit, and truth. Truth isn't just identifying truth. Truth is, is walking in the truth. Because you can know the truth and still do the opposite. That's not truth. Truth is identifying the truth and obeying the truth. You can know the truth of the speed limit, but the moment you go over the speed limit, you are going to get a ticket. Why? Because you are not operating to the confines and the restrictions that were given you. What he's saying is, I don't want people that just know how to identify spirits and identify truths. I'm looking for the kind of worshipers that will operate in the spirit and will operate in the truth. And if you can be that kind of worshiper, well, those are the kind of people that I'm looking for. But in order for you to become that, then I need you to leave your here. See, when Jesus approaches this woman and he says, bring me your husband, and she says, I don't have a husband, he's now getting after what has been in her cup the whole time. I've heard pastors talk about this woman, and, and maybe I've been guilty of making similar statements, but I think we got to dig a little bit deeper when we look at this woman. I've, I've heard people call this woman a, a harlot or, or refer to this woman as a lustful woman. I don't think this was a lustful woman. I think this was a desperate woman. And she has just been sipping on desperation. She finds herself longing for companionship. She, she finds herself longing for somebody that will just love on her and, and, and help her. This is why she keeps making poor choices after poor choices after poor choices. She goes with husband one, but husband one doesn't work. So then she goes to husband two. Husband two doesn't work. So then she goes to husband three. Husband three doesn't work. Husband four. Husband five. Now she's just living with the man because the other five husbands taught her marriage is not worth it. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just live with him until this doesn't work out and then maybe I'll find somebody else or maybe this could, this could work out. But even while I'm with these men, I'm still going to be returning here. 
So then what is it about this encounter with Jesus? Where she walks away fulfilled. Jesus was man number seven. Seven represents completion. Because she encounters the fullness of who Jesus is, she has just encountered complete and utter satisfaction. How do I know this? Because the Bible says she left her water jar there. I don't need it if I'm coming back to it. Because I'm not coming back to it, I don't need it. Because I found the one that can tell me everything about me, I'm not going to hold on to anything. I find no use for it anymore. I don't need to have it in my life anymore. In fact, it's just going to serve as an injustice because it's going to stand as a reminder of the place I used to go back to. And if I'm not returning here, then I don't want anything that's going to remind me of here. You know the issue why so many of us always go back to the places that we shouldn't go back to, why we call up the ex-boyfriend, why we call up the ex-girlfriend. It's not that they've been reaching out to you so you respond. It's because you didn't delete the song off the iPod. It's because you didn't get rid of the pictures because you thought it was a cute picture for Throwback Thursday to post that picture because you want to show everybody that you've been had them shoes before anybody else had them shoes. But what happens is you started to walk down that lane and it started to remind you of all the poor choices that you made. And now because you put it in front of you, you now find yourself wanting to go back here. I get that you like the song and the movie meant a whole lot to you, but I promise you the movie can't mean more than your life so if the movie reminds you of the relationship if the song reminds you of the relationship if the laptop is just the window for you to go on some websites that you know you shouldn't be going on then get rid of the laptop get rid of the videos get rid of the song because I promise you the longer you keep it in your life you're always gonna have a key back to here I don't know how the woman put it down. I don't know how she dropped it. I don't know if she placed it. But you know what my recommendation would be? To break it. Break it before it breaks you. I know this isn't a water jar. It's a flower pot. <laughs> but bear with me for illustration. If you had to identify something in your life that you were constantly going back to, hoping and looking that it would fulfill, what would it be? Because I promise you, no matter what it is, no matter who it is, if it is not found in Jesus, then it will never suffice. This woman was teaching us the moment she realized who Jesus was. Not only does she go back into the town and say, come meet the man that, that knows everything about me, but, but she shows us an important lesson. Jesus doesn't even have to tell her to, to let go of the water jar. She just says, I don't even want it. I don't need it. I'm throwing it off to the side. She doesn't say, I need to find counseling. She doesn't say, I want, I want to have an extra session with you, Jesus. Is this a good idea? Why? Because you are wise enough and smart enough and sharp enough to know what should be in your life and what shouldn't be in your life. And 
And what she gives us now is the perfect illustration of what so many of us should have done a long time ago. You want to be the kind of worshiper that worships God in spirit and in truth? Then there are some water jars that you need to let go of. And don't put them in a safe place. Don't put them in a closet. Let go of them completely and break them before it breaks you. Because I'm telling you, if you don't break it, it's going to break you. What is that thing that you have been holding on to? What's that, what's that person? What's that relationship? What's that website? Is there anybody in the place that would say, in order for me that to be that kind of worshiper that worships in spirit and in truth, then there are some water jars I need to let go of. There are some things I need to break. I mean, is there a guy you could think of? You think, you know what? I got to let it go right now. Is there maybe a website? Is there a routine? Is there a drink that you say, you know what? If I'm going to be that worshiper, if I'm going to be that kind of Christian, then I can't hold on to it anymore. If you would say, I don't want to come here because I want to go where God has me to go, then I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to lift up your hands. And by lifting up your hands, symbolically, we're saying, I don't want it. Worship team's going to come on out. I want you to lift up your hands. Because what we're saying is, God, I just, I want to be that man you've called me to be. I want to be that, that woman you've called me to be. Because here's what happens. This, this woman goes from, from desperate. She goes from woman looking for a man to now becoming a great ambassador for the greatest man. Come meet somebody that knows everything about me. And it changed my life. You know why she didn't need the water jar? Because she became the water jar. She becomes consumed with this living water. The reason why she can get rid of is because now she becomes one. And now we start to embody and be those men and those women. You want to love your city? Then, then get rid of the stuff you're dealing with in private. You want to make effect in this world? You, you want to build the kingdom? You, you want to see Zoe grow for the kingdom and the glory of God? Then you're going to have to deal with your own stuff because to try to separate the two is one of the biggest lies that the enemy does. You will not be able to be effective as a leader. You won't be able to be effective as a volunteer if you're holding on to stuff. Although your leaders and the people around you won't know about it, God knows about it. And he says the time is coming. In fact, it's here right now for the true world. Worshippers, the worshipers that say, I don't want anything else but God. The kind of worshipers that say, I only want Jesus. I'm going to live for Jesus. And even if it hurts me, I'd rather it hurt me in the moment because it's going to help me in the long run. Because if I want to see the kingdom grow, if I want to see this church grow, then I want to be that kind of worshiper that can worship the Father in spirit and in truth. If you're going to be that kind of worshiper, if you're going to be that kind of believer, lift up your hands hands all over the room. Open up your mouths all over the room and give your God a shout of praise from the front to the back. We worship you, God. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.